The Circle Undone has arrived and it's time for our unboxing of The Circle Undone. You're listening to Drawn to the Flame. I'm your host, Frank, and today I'm joined by... It's me, Peter. Hello, Frank. Hello, Peter. How are you doing? Doing great. Very excited to crack open this pack. I've trekked through the snow this morning to go to the post office to collect it. That's very good of you. Very noble. So, yeah. Got my cards stacked up in front of me. Had a good smell. New card smell. Yes. Good. Are you high on that smell? I am. Yeah. Great. Well, listener, we talked a little bit about the investigators that we were expecting, so we're not going to go through their cards in detail because we just want to dive in and look at the player cards of this pack. Which faction are we going to start with, Peter? Let's start with Guardians. Great. Let's do it. And just before we begin, I've just said to you off air, but I'm going to repeat it for you, the listener. I One of the things I really thought about approaching these cards was not are they better than cards we've had before, but how are they different? And where do they fit in? I thought about this when I saw one of the articles recently, Union and Disillusion, which is, I think, the fourth Mythos pack in this cycle. There was a card that, to me, seemed really similar to a card I play a lot of. And I thought, well, why would I ever play this card? And then that took me down that path of thinking, well, maybe people don't own that previous card. Maybe the Cycle Undone is their first... Circle Undone, rather, is their first cycle, in which case they want to see these different cards that explore similar areas, but in a in a different way. I mean, it won't even be different to the new player, will it? This will be all they have. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. uh, It'd be interesting to hear from people. There was a conversation on our uh, Patreon Discord the other day about you you become accustomed to certain cards. I think there's a great example in the Dogmatch Legacy cycle of Charisma, and it's so easy to build decks with that card in mind and just be like, oh, well, you know, if I've got two allies in here, I can buy Charisma and then I'm fine. But not everyone has charisma, so it it shapes your whole view of deck building, uh, whether you've got access to those cards. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you 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 have givens, don't you? That you just you go, oh, I definitely put this in. I was actually thrown. I was playing yesterday, and I couldn't think of what to upgrade into because I'm so used to doing the same path. And I was thinking, but I'm playing a new investigator. I should have a different upgrade path. But yeah, just shows how we get stuck in our one track minds. Anyway, the first card is Interrogate. It's a two-cost event with combat and intellect icons, no XP. It's tactic and insight traded. And it says, Parlay, choose a humanoid enemy at your location and test combat three. This test gets plus X difficulty, where X is the chosen enemy's damage value. If you succeed, discover one clue at your location and one clue at any other location. He was hiding something. But why? What do you think, Peter? Oh, well, I'm going to ask you a lot of very deep and searching questions about this card, okay. Frank. <laughs> You're going to uh, interrogate me about it? Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, I think it's okay. Uh, no, parlay doesn't trigger attacks of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, the humanoid you're interrogating isn't going to get a chance to hit back. This mm-hmm. is often going to be, I guess, a, it'll sometimes be a test three. Are there any... There must be humanoids who only do horror. Yeah, the Brotherhood Cultist, for instance. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking of. I couldn't quite remember. But often it'll be a Test 4 or even a Test 5. Yeah. If you're dealing so with... maybe you want to pack your fine clothes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, actually. 
yeah, if you're in a scenario where you're already parlaying and you've brought fine clothes to deal with that, this this is a nice pick then, isn't it? Mm, yeah. What do you think? I wonder if... So where my head's gone to with this is persuasion, which is also a parlay test, also about getting rid of humanoids. And I wonder if there's a deck out there that maybe runs fine clothes, interrogate, persuasion. Maybe there are another couple of cards to come and it will be all about getting your way through smooth talking rather than fighting or just investigating and and maybe that could be useful because you could combo this with with persuasion and parlay a humanoid enemy and then persuade them and that would get rid of them as well so you would have got two clues out of them and remove them without actually having to fight them maybe yeah i like it the other thing that's worth noting is this is this is you know clue acceleration in guardian which historically hasn't had too much we had scene of the crime last campaign which is a really strong card but you could combine that with this and start scooping up lots of uh, clues so yeah that's worth bearing in mind i think yeah yeah but we actually had a look at the enemy types across all of the scenarios today didn't we Mm, yeah just to see how common the, the different types of enemy are what was your feeling on the humanoid enemies i think they come up quite a lot there's not many where there's no humanoid enemies yes yeah so the two main enemy types are, are monster and humanoid, but they're not exclusive types. So a ghoul, for instance, is a monster and a humanoid, but then most cultists are humanoid and cultist or things like that. So yeah, humanoid is, is I think, very common. And every camp, every scenario, I think, will probably have one or two. I'm just thinking of maybe Undimension and Unseen that maybe doesn't have one. But the um, yeah. museum, obviously... Oh yes, the museum, that's a good point. But yeah, broadly speaking, it's a common type. And we've seen a couple of cards that care about monster or humanoid. And I think that knee-jerk sort of, oh, well, I don't know if I ever see those cards, those those types of monsters, is maybe not the right path to go down. I think it's worth going, right, let's let's take a look for where, how many humanoids there are and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, so the next card is Delay the Inevitable. This is also a two-cost event. Combat and agility icons this time, no XP. Insight, spirit, and tactic traded. It says fast. Play only during your turn. Attach to an investigator at your location, under his or her control. Reaction. When you're dealt damage and or horror, discard Delay the Inevitable and cancel all damage and or horror just dealt. Forced. When the Mythos phase ends... You must either spend two resources or discard Delay the Inevitable. This this is an interesting one. We, we, we saw the art for this and there was lots of speculation as to what it might do. Mm. So it, it it sticks around until you want to use it to cancel, you know, being dealt damage and or horror. So the, the next time you're dealt something, you can cancel all of it. Or rather, you wait until it's something nasty and then you cancel all of it. Spirit means it can sit in Calvin, doesn't it? Yep who might actually like a, a, a last-ditch survival card. Yeah, it might combine nicely with Dark Horse if you're wanting to... If you've ended up with too many resources, you could put this down <laughs> and start pouring all <laughs> your resources to keep it around. Until you reach that point where the turn you can't afford it, you discard it, and then it's the following turn that you get hit. To me, the sticking point around this card is how much do you want to spend for the effect? And I think it's a card that really rewards knowing a scenario well and knowing what threats you're facing. So you mentioned to me, Peter, that Beyond the Veil and this is great. If you can play this the turn before you know someone is going to trigger Beyond the Veil, 
you're paying two to heal them ten damage, essentially, or block ten damage. Yeah. Which is magnificent. But that requires a bit of piloting skill to be able to have the card in hand and have the resources and make sure that you're at the same location and, and that kind of thing. And I think that's maybe best casing it a little too too greatly. Uh, I, I don't know about that. I think if you compare it to something like Emergency Aid, which... Yeah. So Emergency Aid is two resources once they've already taken the damage, or, uh, well, the damage, purely damage, yeah. and an action. This isn't an action, even though it has the same cost. And the limit to what it can prevent slash heal is, it, there's no limit on it. It can be any amount, even up to like 10, as we saw with Beyond the Veil. Crucially, mm. it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be at the location after it happens. I think that's what really sets this card above other healing cards. So with my emergency aid, if someone's at risk of dying, I need to move back mm. to their location and then play emergency aid, paying two and an action. With this, I can just play it at any point before. Obviously, the sooner before, the better, and then forget about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, th- I yeah. think it adds adds a lot of flexibility to a kind of healing card. If 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 you want to think of it as a healing card, do you see what I'm trying to say? I'm sort of rambling a bit. I think. Yeah, no, I do see what you're trying to say, and I'm just thinking about again about the cost. And would you still think this card was good if it was pay four for the effect? Or pay six, and I'm wondering my own sort of personal breakpoint. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. If you're paying four, it's the cost of two emergency aids, but again, without spending any actions. How much health or and or horror do you think this card would prevent? Is the question I'll ask you. I, I, I would say I, I would be playing it if there was a risk of four combined damage and horror or more. Mm. Uh, and that would be a good use of it. And in that case, if it was the difference between life and death for the investigator, I think four cost for it isn't too bad at all. Mm. I think in scenarios like Blood on the Altar or Undimension and Unseen, where there are enemies rampaging around that hit for two and two, yeah, this starts to look really appealing. Yeah, you know that someone's going to maybe end a turn with a brood and tank a hit, so you you sling this on them before they wade in, and yet. Yeah, useful then worth just noting as well that it is a cancel so diana can use it yes. to go underneath her yeah i mean i, I think yeah it is we don't want to get too many too much into the specifics of scenarios that we're not talking about but yeah so in something mm-hmm. like brood where you've got big monsters rampaging around the the cost paying four to prevent a hit on someone might be far more efficient than you know an evader coming over and stopping that monster evading someone, even six might be a better use of your resources than, say, Finn charging across the map, engaging an enemy, and then evading it, because mm. that might be the whole turn for him. Yes, yeah. So for I quite like I quite like the idea of this being, say, in Joe's deck as well. So it's sitting on the top of his hunch deck. You, that means you play, play it play it for free, mm. and he just kind of slings it out to someone who's maybe going to go looking for trouble, and. Yeah, at that point, it's not really cost anything, and the person can then wade off and deal with things alone, and you know that whatever the next hit is, you're fine. It, Potentially, It feels yeah, quite it, proactive in that way. I'm sort of of the opinion that you don't want... The fewer situational cards you have in Joe's deck, the better. 
because mm. you've. But no, you've, what what I'm what I'm arguing is that this oh, is just, a situation. You just slap instance. it on someone and then then forget yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you're coming from. Yeah. Say you're you're rich because that, the 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 underlying kind of um, naughtiness for me is how many resources you have and are you going to be in a hole as, as a result for doing that. Oh, hang on, because it's the person it's attached to who has to spend the resources, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so you put this on Preston, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or Jenny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, so, no, but I say that as a joke, but say you put it on a rich mystic who's all fully set up and is not using resources for anything. They don't mind maybe paying to keep this around as a as a protection for whatever it is, Beyond the Veil, a next big hit, whatever. Yeah, okay. It's grown in strength for me. <laughs> the Joe point is that, yeah, you can sling it out at no cost and no action cost. And, or if you don't want to, you leave the insights because you, you want to keep your, in, uh, your hunch deck diluted enough so that you don't necessarily see unsolved case. In which case, this is a nice card to have that you go, oh, do we really need this? Are we expecting any hits anytime soon? No, okay, I'll just leave it on the hunch deck. And then it gets shuffled back in. We neither of us have played Joe, so we both need to play and decide if that's complete rubbish. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thoughts on Joe and the other investigators will be coming soon when we've had a chance to play. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the next card is Steadfast. This is our first skill of the box. It's got a willpower and a combat icon. It's innate traited. There's a fine line between bravery and foolishness, which is exactly how I feel about the comments I make on this podcast. <laughs> While you have five or more total remaining health and sanity, Steadfast gains a willpower and a combat icon. While you have ten or more total remaining health and sanity, Steadfast gains two willpower and two combat icons instead. Is this a reference to that line in Spinal Tap? There's a fine line between genius and stupidity. Is, is, is that the line? I can't remember. <laughs> Who is this on this card, by the way? They're a very sharply dressed young man. With white hair, yeah. I, don't know. I thought it might be it might be Preston, but Preston it had the same hairstyle as Preston, but Preston's got a mustache. Mm. Anyway, so I I don't think we're spoiling much by saying there's a there's a cycle of these cards in this pack. Mm-hmm. So we get a similar card for I think all of the factions. Um, so some of what we say here might be applicable to some of the other cards we'll cover later. I I like this though. I think this is good. I think, especially considering Diana, who we got in this pack, uh, who mm-hmm. potentially wants both willpower and combat. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think the restriction is is too hard to meet, especially in the early turns of the game. I mean, you you'll start off. This will just be, you know, it's, plus three. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost an inquiring mind, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and more often than not, it's going to have two icons. So it's it's an unexpected courage. Obviously, for only the two tests, but hopefully the two tests you're wanting to be taking more often. What do you think? I broadly agree. I'm glad you mentioned Unexpected Courage, because this is one of those areas of me thinking about difference. And I was thinking, what would it take for me to stop running overpowering guts in a deck? And I've not got to the bottom yet of whether or not I think this is better than that. Like, I think one of the things that's hard to quantify is if that frees up two card slots because you're running steadfast instead of four cards. That actually might be quite valuable. And then also the other thing that's hard to quantify is if you're smashing a scenario, this is always three icons. And maybe I could do without the card draw from those neutral cards. But if the scenario is going poorly, 
this then it loses being too... I mean, it's quite rare that I would not have more five or more total remaining health and sanity, I would say. So yeah, I think it's strong, basically, is my waffly way of saying it. I think there are a few sort, sort of... I think it just there are a few up... intangibles at play. Yeah, basically. I think if picking up on what you said, if you had a deck that had guts and overpowering, you would mm. maybe put this in in place of the one you're likely to use less. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then potentially you've got more icons. So say if I'm Roland and I've put in two overpower and two guts, and I want to be fighting a lot, I would maybe do two steadfast and two overpower because. Yeah. I can use I can then use steadfast into my combat checks, and it would probably also be two willpower icons into a willpower check as well. Mm. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, I think it's good, and I think the ten or more total remaining health and sanity. Most investigators start with fourteen. Some have fifteen, so that's still manageable. And most people like to soak damage and horror on assets as well so there's there's room there for that to be to be fine yeah i think it's I think it's good pete probably enjoys it less because he starts on 11 right yeah yeah he doesn't like that yeah and the less said about calvin the better mm, luckily calvin can't take this but even oh, silas who can take this he's a 14 so he's a 9-5 so he also can can get away with that yeah i i suppose i suppose the question i have is is losing the card draw from the neutral cards worth it? And I want to play more and find out. And I would argue that there are more ways of drawing cards now than ever before in the game. So maybe yes, but let's find yeah. out. Yeah, I, th- I think that that's a good point. I think the overall economy of, of the the classes has improved. Mm, We've just got access yeah. to more cards. So potentially those that card draw from the neutral cards is less valuable now than it was at the time, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right, and the final card is Ace of Swords. It's the first asset in the pack. It's a three-cost, one-XP asset. Subtitle, Let Your Arrow Fly True. It's tarot-traded and takes up the tarot slot. You get plus one combat. Reaction when the game begins. If Ace of Swords is in your opening hand, put it into play. Cut to the heart of the matter. Just for anyone who doesn't doesn't know, the tarot slot is a new slot they've introduced in this cycle, and everyone has a tarot slot. So you, it's it's the same as an accessory or an ally. If you want to play a new one, you have to overwrite an old one. You can yep. only have a single one and play at a time. Yeah, so that's about it. Yeah. Also worth noting that the tarots we've seen, apart from a couple, all have a similar thing. They're all three cost, all one XP, all give you a static boost, more or less. And they all have that reaction ability when the game begins. If Ace of Swords is in your opening hand, put it into play, changing the name as applicable. So are they any good, Peter? I think some of them, I think they're all okay. I think a generic boost is good and it's it's cheaper than a lot of other cards that would provide a static boost. But then they often provide another effect. Mm-hmm. I don't know is the, is the answer. <laughs> yeah, I think some of them in particular are really good. Some spring to mind as being better than others for me personally. If you can get them in your opening hand, obviously that's really good. Yeah. If you're in a in an investigator who has a more constrained economy, maybe you don't want them as much because if you don't get them in the opening hand, it's a to kind of a lump three cost to play to get it down. You mm-hmm. might have other things you want to play for that three that are better. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. The, the one that's... Again, it's this idea of opening up space. Yeah. To me. It's like, do I run Ace of Swords instead of Beat Cop? And if I do that, am I saving a bit of XP on Beat Cop level two, but I then want to run some more damage a different way? And I fish for this because as soon as it's down, I'm then pretty much set up for combat for the for the scenario, like maybe. I, I guess one of the things is often the, those static stat boosts are tied to allies. Mm-hmm. Not, not universally. I know, for instance, the Rosary is an accessory slot, but actually my point still stands, even then, that it mm. it offloads that stat boost into a different slot, meaning if there's something more exciting you want to take in that slot, say a, a fun ally or a, mm. you know a different accessory, then... Yeah, you know, you could run this instead. Yeah, Do- and Dr. Milan Christopher is a great example of that because he's giving you the plus one intellect and generating you resources. Yeah. So you want to take something that similarly gives you a boost and pays for itself, but maybe you want to play a cheap Seeker deck where actually you don't need his resources, at which point you're paying over the odds for a static boost and maybe you could run Malison or Ellie or whatever else in that Seeker slot. Yes, yeah, quite. So, oh yeah, I mean, or say Daisy might want to, instead of taking instead of taking Charisma, she could take the, mm, let's look through my cards, Death, number 13, <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, you know, for that static uh, intellect boost and then take like a Renfield in her ally slot instead. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I like that they give you some more flexibility in terms of deck building because if you you can put those static boosts just into the tarot slot and not worry about it. Yeah. I think especially the one that sprung to mind as being really useful is the mystic one for Sefina. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she really likes that. I think that's just a nice... I, I haven't worked out the odds, but I think it feels like she's got more chance of drawing it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> early yeah. in the game. So then she gets to play it for free. But I I, that might be a fallacy considering that you also get the mulligan as well. You could mulligan hard for it. I guess. Mm. Yes, yeah. And she still sees more cards, because she sees 13. And even yeah. if you mulliganed your whole hand, you'd still only see 10. 10 yeah. So, yeah. But she's got a bigger deck, though, hasn't she? Uh, yes, but she starts deeper into her deck once she's... Oh, does she? Okay. Yes, of course she does. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway. So, yeah. The, the one other small point I'd say is the off-class off characters. So this in, say, Skids or Joe or even Diana... They maybe want the boost more because they don't natively have as good a combat. Like Joe has four, and they maybe don't want to use their ally slot for the the guardian ally that boosts combat, so beat cop, because they've got a different ally they're using, like a Leo or Milan or Arcane Initiate or whatever it is. At which point, this is a nice way of shoring up their kind of off class. Yeah, I very much agree. I mean, Joe's a good example because I think. With Joe, you could either run something like a Beat Cop and then the Seeker Tarot, or, say, Milan or Alice and then the Guardian Tarot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, without having a clash of slots. Yes, yeah. So I think that's that's getting to the nub of what I was trying to say, that yeah, know, exactly. offloading that, that, that field to a different slot. Yeah, I think that that, that works well. Yeah. I think they're just nice, solid cards, really. I think uh, it's simple, you know, bosh, plus one stat, done. Mm. Mm. And maybe in the cycle we'll see more tarot support, which will be really just shine a new light on them. Yeah, we've already speculated that um, Jacqueline Fine's gonna her special ability is gonna be that she's got three tarot slots. <laughs> yeah, that could be fun. Yeah, 
Cool, we're not going to do a full sign-off because this is just our deluxe unboxing. Stay tuned because there's more to come. We'll be diving in with the further factions and let us know what you think of the cards. Thanks very much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.